We took a weekend off from touring And so we made our way back home We heard our house party was brewing It's Friday, so let's get drunk, yeah, yeah. We got a call from our Welcome to the Last Call Podcast. My name is Aaron Thompson, and alongside me, I have my co-host, Nick Warner. Okay, I might need to do, uh, buy a new iPhone. I think I just... I'm, I'm having some trouble over here, some technical difficulties. We have... Man, we literally just started the show. I understand. It's not my fault. It, it's 100% your fault. I literally just watch you just drop your phone into oblivion. Okay, you know what? We have a sponsor now, at least uh, one Mr. Cameron, so uh, that'll go towards my, my new phone replacement, so thank you. Oh, so now that's like an occupational expense that I'm going to have to incur, fixing your Correct. iPhone? I use this to uh, text you every once in a while to ask you when we're going to be on, when we're going to be recording, and what topics we're going to cover. So, in my mind, that is a tax-deductible expense. Yeah, I don't know if the IRS agrees. But regardless, thank you everybody for joining us on this Friday. Again, I'm Aaron Thompson alongside Nick Warner. This is the Last Call Podcast, where Nick and I try to host a podcast while attempting to drink six beers in 60 minutes. And there is a catch. Each beer that we drink does have to be at or above 5% alcohol by volume. I'm learning, Nick. I corrected my mistake from last time. I'm proud of you. Oh, thank you. So proud. But, hey, Nick, guess what? We have a uh, special guest with us today. Ooh, I'm excited. I like these episodes when we have somebody on. It's really I do, fun. too. I get really bored of just talking to you all day. Okay. You know what? You didn't have to go that far. I'm just kidding. Love you, buddy. But our guest... Uh, I'm trying... Whatever. Our guest is one of Nick and I's close personal friends. We went to college together. Let's give a warm welcome to... Jack. Say hey, Jack. Hey, guys. Long-time listener to the pod. I uh, I uh, drink along every day on my, you know, work to commute. You know, just love you guys to death. Can't get enough of your pod. So honored to be a guest. Can't get enough of that pod, huh? Uh, got pod? Sorry, did, <laughs> did, did you say you, you drink along on your drive to work? Yeah. That's a, that's a very bold strategy. <laughs> I don't know how that one's going to work out. Yeah. And I mean, I keep it between you know my legs. So and I have like a really large uh, bendy straw. So, yeah, no, it's, it's not an issue. <laughs> well, Jack, thank you for joining us uh, for this. The 12th episode, I believe, of the Last Call podcast. Um, so, Jack, every week we go around the table and say what we're drinking. So, what do you have tonight? Well, I am clearing out my fridge of all the odds and ends I've collected over the past few months. But, fun fact, it's all a uh, Michigan-themed uh, beer extravaganza because I live here in Michigan. So, I figured I would get more of, like, the authentic uh, good stuff. So, uh, some stuff from Sagatug Brewing. Uh Let's see here. Kawina Brewing, uh, Founders, you know, so a couple of uh, odds and ends here, but all of them are above 5% and uh, very, a variety of them. So I don't think it's going to sit well in my stomach. So it's going to be quite the adventure with you guys. You guys, you just have a smorgasbord of, oh God. of drinks going into and the I, old gullet. Yeah, an Irish ale, a stout, a Neapolitan milk stout, oh my and God. an IPA on top of that, just to kind of like you know simmer in the pot. Bro, like, we are we are not liable for whatever happens in your stomach. Bro, later we on tonight. we need you to be able to finish the show, or don't you know that could be fun too. I don't know. We'll find out. But <laughs> that could be a good uh, a, a high rated episode. Yeah. What happened to Jack? Guest doesn't finish last call podcast episode. So, Nick, do I even have to ask you what you're drinking? I mean, uh, you should. You what don't are, have to, but you should. What are you drinking, Nick? Uh, I am not going away from my 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 lover, my longtime lover. She's still here. She's. Never left my side. Delicious Budweiser. 
always always the Budweiser with this one. Uh, I decided to go the seltzer route this week. Uh, I'm trying Vizzy, V is in Victor I Z Z Y hard seltzer, and it, I was looking at it. Uh, so there's oh, what is that the seltzer with vitamin C? It is. It's with <laughs> antioxidant. It just says dent. It's not antioxidants. It's just singular. And then vitamin C. Um, and what's funny to me is so they all have different flavors, right? I got a variety pack. And it doesn't just say the flavor like, hey, this one is strawberry kiwi. It says with a hint of strawberry kiwi. So it's mainly seltzer with a hint of strawberry kiwi. So is well, this a, a seltzer that came out during COVID? Uh, it might have been. I don't know. Because I could see somebody like coming up with that where it's like, oh, people are going to be very self-conscious about like their health and everything. So let's come out with something that's got vitamin C in it. It seems like it's a very not health- a bad marketing strategy. Yeah, it does seem like a very health conscious hard seltzer. Yeah, no, I mean, it's like the ads like you just see on the billboards like they literally say another hard seltzer. Yeah. But this one has antioxidants and vitamin C. And every single time I see that, I just think, like, that just seems like the laziest, like, concept of, like, you know, we're like, all right, this is a big booming trend. Um, Let's just add, like, the smallest marginal change and see if we can get it to take off. But, I mean, it sold me. I I can feel the antioxidant working. And then uh, I was definitely lacking of some vitamin C. But I got strawberry kiwi. Blueberry, pomegranate, pineapple, mango. Uh, I think there's one more. Black cherry, lime. So not just the black cherry. We got a, a little bit of hint of black cherry, lime in there. So anyways, that's what I'm drinking. But again, Jack, thank you for joining us tonight. So I know you mentioned that you lived up here in Michigan, uh, but you didn't always live here in Michigan. Uh, you recently moved here from a state down south of Michigan that a lot of Michiganders don't like to talk about. Is that is that an accurate statement? Yes, it is. And uh, I actually keep my uh, fandom of Ohio State a secret up here. I never publicly wear my oversized Ohio State uh, hoodie in public, mainly due to the fact that I do not wish to rub their faces in it. You know, so... Uh, <laughs> Although they did get us some basketball, you know, pretty good this year. Although we did get them in the tournament, but no. Yeah, uh, I think Oral Roberts ate your cake too. But, you know, we won't get into that. But, uh, yeah, for those of you who don't know, and Jack, I'm sorry if I'm sharing too much. uh, Jack is a couple years younger than Nick and I, actually. And this man already has his Ph.D., so congrats on the PhD, bud. Way to be smart. Um, Nick and I have been sitting here drinking beer rather than getting our PhD. So how does it feel, Mr. Genius You? Well, you know, I'm not going to lie. Uh, graduating in the middle of a pandemic was wildly underwhelming. <laughs> uh, my last day in the lab, uh, I was the only one there. And then the facilities guy was there, and then I was like, so do I just give you my key? And he said, yeah, that's about it. And I was like, okay, well, it was nice knowing you, Spencer. Have a good life. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so it was, it was a pretty weird way of uh, you know, leaving the university system. But you know, I like being uh, in the working world and like, you know, actually you know, getting paid and having like a house and stuff. So it's like, you know. Happy to be done with graduate school, but like, you know, I kind of wish it was a little bit more fun to say goodbye. Has anybody called you Dr. Jack yet? Uh, Only ironically, you know. Only ironically. Yeah, I like it. Like my grandma. My grandma, like on the little birthday check uh, she sent me, sent it out to Dr. Jack Blauert. So, you know, that did make me feel pretty special. Um, But yeah, that's about it. Was it was it the classic grandmother where she sends you like five dollars or it's 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 something it's pretty, like no it's been pretty substantial and consistent through the years it's uh wow it was uh fifty bucks you know until we were eighteen and now it's seventy five wow uh, you went that. up yeah going up with yeah. inflation ours went down as I got older I got less and less money until I just stopped receiving money period so well you didn't get your PhD so that's why no and um. 
you know, your grandma sends you checks saying Dr. Jack, uh, my grandpa, one of my grand grandpas, um, will send me checks for like Christmas and stuff, but he finds a new way to spell my name wrong every single time. So my name is A-A-R-O-N, but he's done A-R-O-N, A-R-I-N, E-R-I-N, A-R-R-O-N. So every single time he sends a check and it's just the wrong name. I mean, it's close, but it's still not my Maybe name. he's trying to tell you something. But he doesn't like my you're, name, maybe? You're... I don't know. What What? What should maybe, I be getting Maybe it's that? you. Maybe it's you. How? How is this on me? How is it not? Because Try harder, Aaron. Because I'm not the one writing the check. Regardless, have you have you sent him money in the mail? Have you sent him a birthday card with five dollars in it? I mean, no. He sends checks. So if okay. I sent five dollars, sent him a check. No, I've never sent my grandfather a check. No, well that's why he's upset. Oh, How dare you? My bad. I'll send it back and I'll I'll misspell grandpa. See how he likes it. But anyways, uh, so Jack, going through your PhD, um, how what is that experience like? I, so Nick and I, obviously, we all went to college together. We all went to the same college, right? You went on to bigger and better things and went to grad school. What is like grad school like in the education system like at Ohio State versus what we experienced in undergrad? Like, is Also, it- first of all, Jack did what we did in four years and three so, aka I, I our st- undergrad. <laughs> I still don't know how I graduated in four years, but yes, Jack did do what we did in four, but he only had to use three of those four years to do it. So, and then Jack, how fast did you got your PhD in another like two years, didn't you? Yeah, it was three years. Uh, so three for each, a little over three for the PhD, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean like. I don't know, grad school's weird. Like, undergrad, like, the way I describe it to people is that, like, in undergrad, like, you're on a boat in an ocean, and it's storming, and you're just trying to reach that lighthouse. So you're paddling, like, you're just in that grind. You know, you're just in there thinking, like, oh, this is, you know, super tough, but I see graduation. It's right there at the end. I'm going to get to it. Grad school, you're in a boat in the middle of an ocean, and there's nothing within sight for, like, 100 miles, and you're just kind of like, okay, uh, I don't know what I'm doing here. I don't know how I'm supposed to come up with a cool idea and get out of here, but I have to. And so it's a lot harder, but it's also a little bit more relaxed, you know? So it's a weird system that, like, uh, like I kind of preferred, like, the grind of undergrad of, like, all right, everyone's in the same class, like, let's just get her done, to, like, undergrad, or to grad school where it was more like, you know, you have to try to come up with, like, an invention Uh, like a good dissertation topic and try to like publish papers and get out of there. So like, it it depends on like people's preferences, but like the main thing that's different is that like, it's more like an apprenticeship to do research than it is like, you know, this high and mighty like scholarship duty. It's more like you're an employee of the university than like a uh, student. So it's, it's like in undergrad, you kind of have a, you have a major, right? Like I, was a mechanical engineer and I had specific classes in order to meet the criteria to get my degree. It's almost sounding more like you have a a free path to do essentially whatever you want to do. But at the end of it, you have to essentially come up with this idea and then you like present it in front of like a board, right? Your dissertation is essentially a presentation in front of a board of quote unquote experts on whatever field that is in. Yeah, so that's basically, you know, how it works is that, like, you know, you find your dissertation topic. Like, they have different, like, you know, stepping stones along the way of, like, they have what's called the qualifying exam, where it's, like, just grilling you on general knowledge. Then you have a candidacy exam, which is, like, hey, is your idea possibly actually going to be research-worthy? And then you defend your dissertation of, like, oh, no, this is a research-worthy idea, and you can graduate now. But, like, the time scale for it is not like linear. So like the only thing that is like standard is that you do your qual after your first year. And then you're kind of like, all right, like that wasn't bad. And then you do your candidacy, like about a year before you graduate. And then you plan on when you're graduating. 
but for me it was like really weird because i was like hey i want to do my candidacy early like i feel like i can graduate i'm publishing papers like i think we can really make something out of this and i was like so can i graduate when i publish like my fifth paper you know so that's like a pretty like you know most people publish like three or four so it's like okay like going above and beyond there and then they were like no you got to stay here for at least three and a half years and i was kind of like i don't I don't know what I'm going to be doing. Like, like, do I have to do more work? Do I, do I watch YouTube all day? Like, this is like the least motivating thing I've ever heard. Um, like, buddy, you, you, you did too much, like too quick, like settle down, come hang out and just, I don't know. We need, we need you to stay around longer. Yeah, well, no, it's really weird. Like, and then this one professor, like, cause he's like, he's kind of a little bit more on the biology side of things, whereas I'm like electrical engineering, but like it was electrical engineering for biomedical stuff. Um, and so then he's like, you know, it takes five years, 10,000 hours to become like a research scientist. And I'm, I was like, you know, like I bet I would be smarter in five years, but like, I just want to get this piece of paper and make real money. Like, I'm not going to keep working for you guys for free. Like, <laughs> This right. is like ridiculous. Like you know, like no, nah, like let me out of here. But, so that's kind of funny. Like the idea of that is like, um, whenever you're writing a paper, like in high school, they're like, oh, we want you to write a paper that's at least t- uh like five pages long. But then when I got to college, it was like they're like, okay, you guys are engineers. Like, if you can do the same thing, like explain it in a one page, then more power to you. But it's like, I don't know why, like, it's so inefficient for me to, like, sit there and explain stuff and whatever in five pages when I could do it in one. So it's like, why do I need to stretch it out? Well, Jack, well, I remember you had told me that uh, somebody told you nobody's ever gotten their PhD in that short a time before. So, no, we're not letting you, we're not going to let you get your defend yourself do your dissertation or whatever right to get your phd is that accurate or or am i misremembering yeah it was like kind of like a so everything i heard was like secondhand so because like my advisor before we had like the candidacy before you graduate um that's like supposed to be about like a year or six months or so before you graduate i gave that exam and then it was like all right like it went well i thought it went fine but before that even happened my advisor's like hey there's a chance they might actually ask you to stay like for the rest of the summer. I'm like, no, I don't want to do that. Like, why would I do that? I I'm ready to leave. Like I've run out of things to do. Like this makes no sense. And then I was like, okay, that seems crazy, but I, I'm coming to terms with it. And then like afterwards they said like, you know, so I was supposed to be the summer of 2020. And then afterwards they said, it's supposed to be May of 2021. And I was like, there's no way, like, what am I supposed to do for like two years? Like, I, I don't have to do any more research, but I have to stick around. So eventually, like, I talked him down to being like, all right, can I do like December of 2021 or December of 2020? And then like, can I do an internship? And they were like, yeah, sure. And so like, I was going to do this internship over the summer of 2020. Seems like a great idea. I was going to move to like Texas and work for Samsung. And then COVID hit, and within a week, they were like, hey, everything's going to be all, like, virtual for the summer. We're going to mail you laptops. You guys are going to work. Like, three days later, they were like, except for you, you have to come into work. Um, Probably won't happen until this pandemic's over, but good luck. And then, like, three days later, again, we're like, everything's canceled. Fuck it. It's over. So within one week, I went from, like, having an internship to not. And so I was like, well, can I graduate at the end of the summer? And then for some reason, that was like, okay, yeah, I guess. And so I just kept asking, and then they let me do it. And so, it was the dumbest thing. <laughs> well, no, that's the biggest load of bullshit I've possibly ever heard, that they're literally, it's like a negotiation for your education. Like, you're bartering with the university to get your PhD, instead of it being an actual, like, hey, I met all of the requirements, give me my my PhD. It's like... Well, what if I do this? Can can we do that? Well, we don't agree with that. Well, what if we did that? It's like you're bartering with them. Yeah. Well, see, the thing is, like, that most people don't kind of get is that um, 
all of the re- almost all of the research that's done in universities, it's done by like graduate students and postdocs. Like it, like your average like tenured faculty professor, they don't do their own research. What their job is is that they apply for grants for like the different like you know government foundations like the National Science Foundation, National Institute for Health. They get grants. And they use those grants to pay for the salaries of students who actually are the ones who do the research. The students mm. are the ones who are basically like, you know, keeping the university research output. Um, and then from there, the professors kind of like are kind of like guiding, consulting, kind of mentoring. But they're not really like hands on. They're not in the labs getting their hands dirty or anything like that. Um, and then like on top of it. Like, there's a really messed up system that happens for, like, international graduate students. Because, like, if you thought, like, at engineering school, like, huh, like, this is weird. There's, like, a lot of international students. Like, that's kind of fun. Okay, like, you know, Chinese and Indian people, they're friendly, whatever. Um, In grad school, like, international students goes up, like, substantially. And the reason that is is that it's more or less like a form of indentured servantship. Um, where, like, these international students who have to come here, uh, they have, like, almost, like, no, like, bartering power. And so when they, like, sign up to do, like, a graduate school, like, doing their PhD, like, if their advisor is being, like a, like, a jerk to them, like, if they were being, like, said what they said to me, like, they would just have to sit there and take it. Like, they would be like, dude, wow. if I talk back to this advisor, I get kicked out. I get nothing for like the four years I've been here trying to write this PhD and I have to go back to my home country without a piece of paper. Like this is insane. I can't like stand up for myself because the advisor and the academic people have all the power. And then they're kind of like exploiting the international students for like, you know, basically using them as like paper writing machines. Wow. You know, I mean, not every like advisors like that. But, like, there are definitely some, like, at Ohio State where it's like, huh, this advisor only has Chinese students. Like, there's not an American within sight. And it's because, like, the Chinese students are being, like, held hostage almost. Like, of, like, you know, they're the only way that they can get their graduate degree is by going to this advisor who's going to basically use them for, like, you know, like, the people in those programs were there for, like, almost, like, eight years doing their PhD. Wow. Yeah, no, so, like, there's definitely like this weird underbelly to grad school that like a lot of people don't know about. And so that's why I thought I'd use this pod to enlighten you guys about like all the, you know, sketchy, you know, shit that can go on like at universities that, you know, it's kind of like most people are like, know and kind of look the other way. We are I'm, busting I'm bringing you the, the roof off of academia on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, we're, we're getting on fucking, we're getting on the news tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> Newsflash. We're releasing this early. Graduate school is actually indentured servitude, according to Dr. Jack. <laughs> Honestly, right, think- that is kind of, it, it is crazy, though, but it's like, you know, you're holding it over. I, I don't like that face that you're making. Oh, God. I think one of my beers expired. Oh, oh God. It's, it's cheesy. It's a very cheesy beer. Oh, oh God. Oh, I don't like that you just called your oh, beer God. cheesy. Like that, oh, God. That made me taste something in my mouth oh. that I really didn't like. Why would you do that? Go. Uh, God damn. Okay, so I'm trying not to cry. Um, <laughs> it, it 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 is crazy though. It's like you're holding this over the people's heads. Like, no, keep working, keep working, and you'll get here. And then it's just like it keeps moving further and further out. Essentially, so it's crazy. Jack, here's here's my question to you: If you could do it all over again, would you still go get your PhD, or would you have rather? done what nick and i did which was not do that <laughs> start a podcast the phrasing of that is fantastic well so like like i said earlier the phd is like an apprenticeship to do research like i learned way more from doing a summer internship with uh you know texas instruments they don't just make calculators they're actually like all semiconductors and stuff like that Definitely uh, a TI-84 some... plus, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, I was working on those over the summer. I just learned so much, man. But, uh, <laughs> you learned how they no, made so... Block, dude? Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic game. Underrated. Yeah. How to write 8008 and then flip it upside down to write out the word boob. You know, so... Uh, <laughs> 
but no, so like during that internship, like that's actually where I got basically, I say like 90% of like my grad school education. Like I did not learn like that much in classes. I had like two or three out of like the nine classes where I actually learned anything. But like that summer of just like working on the projects, kind of like hands on and having a good mentor is like the way that I learned. And that's like kind of the stuff that I would do over again in a heartbeat. Like the PhD in terms of like the educational value, like, and it could have just been like, I picked like the wrong classes or, you know, studied the boring things, but like the educational stuff wasn't there, but the paper degree helped me make more money, like, as opposed to just having like a undergraduate stuff. So it's like around like an extra like 50% compared to like what an undergrad makes with the same degree. Okay. So it, it is kind of crazy when you think about it, where it's like you learn more by doing something outside of school than you did inside of school. So it's like you almost think about the, the people that drop out of college to do like a startup and everything and how much quicker, honestly, that they learn about a business or something like that than, than they would staying inside of school so it's interesting i saw a meme the other day where it was like oh look another day where i went without using algebra like that kind of thing right same thing in the educational so like in college there is so much stuff that i learned in college like did it make me more well-rounded i mean maybe but i use none of it nick you're more of a traditional engineer i went into sales so i'd use virtually none of what I actually learned in school in my job. Um, you might use a lot more of it in your job. But so for me, my education, yeah, it got me a job, but like what I learned in school did not do anything for where I'm at now in my career. Right. So, yeah, I think, I think the, the thing that college taught me uh, overall was just a way of thinking in a way, and uh, the ability to, like, go out and learn stuff on my own and just teach myself. It didn't necessarily, te like, give me every single knowledge, but it gave me the idea that if I need to do something, here's how you do it. You dig in deep, you learn it yourself, and you try things, and you fail at some, but you that tells you how not to do it. And you just keep digging, 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 and eventually you know how to do something. Like, I taught myself a programming language just by going out and looking at stuff on the internet and examples and stuff. That was something I didn't learn in college, uh, this specific one, but it's just, that's the way you do it. Yeah, well, just, that it, was... It, it, they developed that idea of how to think. Well, that was a lot of time and a lot of money to learn how to think, in my I, opinion. I agree. Like, I agree. Like, well, I, like go ahead. Well, I kind of... Uh, uh, agree with you like where college um there are a lot of people a lot of successful people right who have who are very very smart who drop out of college and they do a startup or whatever and they're very successful now it, it's just they're kind of different cats though at the same time you know what i mean they're they're not yeah, very tenacious they, like they're ruthless some of them like they're they're yeah. just a different breed it's a dog that never lets go of the bone. Yeah, it's so, you know, obviously dropping out of college isn't for everybody, but at the same time, maybe academia itself is not as, you know, we hold, we hold it to such a high esteem where maybe it's not as, you know, shouldn't be held to such an esteem. But mm -hmm. Jack, Jack, I, I do have to do this to you. So I knew you in undergrad and I have two stories. I don't... What is this face that you're? <laughs> is it another skunked beer? I no, it was. Oh. Uh, I, I'm scared. Oh, it was that face? Sorry, I wasn't looking. So it was basically just the whites of my eyes. <laughs> yeah. So I do have to share two stories of you from undergrad, which are like my two favorite stories, um, or just the most memorable, like drunk stories that I have of you during undergrad. So we're gonna start with the first one, where. Um, we were sitting in my room in our fraternity house uh, and my room uh, my junior year when I lived there uh, was known as the bar room where I would 
serve all. I had literally a fully functioning bar. I had all the flavored liquors. I could make vodka cranberries for days for all the girls, you know. Um, but Jack it's and a sign of a, of a no, fully those are functioning for, bar. Those were for you. Those were for you. <laughs> you know what? Every bar in town, as long as they serve vodka cranberry, yeah. that's a fully functioning bar. I mean, just imagine you like flipping the tumbler. And then just like pouring out the vodka and ocean spray on the side. Just <laughs> so, so what, man? Would you like it <laughs> on the, the rocks? So we're sitting in my room and um, this girl walks in and Nick, it's actually one of your friends. This girl walks in and she has a nose ring. And Jack and I are talking about, I, I forget, you know, whatever it was. But Jack looks at this girl and just goes... Hey, I really like your nose ring. And she looks at him and goes, thanks. He goes, no, seriously. Like I'm not being sarcastic. Like it really fits you. <laughs> and he like does that gesture where it's like your personality, like that news ring really fits you. She's like, okay. And then just like walks out of the room. Jack then turns back to me and just goes, that girl looks like she will put anything in her mouth. And to my knowledge, he wasn't wrong, but <laughs> it was Nick like he verify. <laughs> he was truly trying to like <laughs> compliment this girl, and then like she just gave him the cold shoulder, and he turns and makes that comment. Second is again in my room. We were we were making drinks. You weren't in there. I was there with uh, one of our other friends, and we're having drinks. And then Jack runs in and says, hey, have you seen so-and-so? I forget who it was, but you were looking for somebody. And we're like, no, probably down the hall. And you're like, great. And you sprint out of the room, and my our friend yells to you, hey, Jack, how fucked up are you? And I just hear echo down the hallway. Good. <laughs> great response. <laughs> so how fucked, Jack, are- how fucked up are you? Good. <laughs> so those are two. Sounds like my, a very college thing. Those are those are two of my favorites, just because like they were just unexpected and and just your your, your sense of humor. <laughs> so See, there is, I had to share there that. Is some party, some party to that PhD. Oh <laughs> man! So one of one of our uh, alumni from our fraternity, who was a professor at our college, um. There's a whole book, a photo album that we have of him when he was an undergrad. Again, he is now a professor at at this university. He went to Stanford, I believe, to get his PhD, uh, where he is just an absolute party machine. And the book, I think, is uh, from his spring break trip to Cancun. Is that right? Allegedly. 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 But I mean, allegedly, th- this guy is extremely intelligent. I mean, I-, I don't know how many published papers he has. I don't know, you know, what what journals he's in or whatnot, but he is an extremely smart guy. But to know him when he was an undergrad and just an absolute party machine is just funny. It's like you're teaching us. And I know what you've done in the past. It's it's just weird to think because you see this person, you know, as an extremely intelligent individual, and it, none of this takes away from any of that, right? But you see this person, they're teaching you, they're extremely smart and and very professional, and it's like, oh yeah, this person was a college student at one point as well. So it's like, everybody's the same way. Everybody likes to have fun. Everybody likes to relax. Everybody likes to do their own thing. So it's kind of weird to think about, though. I feel like also within the context of storytelling, there is an asymmetry here in the fact that you guys are older than me. And basically a lot of those stories, I think both of those stories came when I was a freshman. And I think that for everybody in college, the dumbest, most like college thing that they ever do is like when they're freshmen. For I mean, sure. don't you guys think like, like, cause I wish I could have been there seeing you guys as freshmen, you know, 
mm-hmm. you know, Aaron and, uh, you know, the hammer over there just, you know, raging in college as freshmen. So, yeah, I don't want you, I don't want you seeing that. So, to a degree, yes. However, the guys that were ahead of us, uh, the guys that were there are our freshman year, the seniors that we had were, they were another breed too. However, here's another one of my favorite stories. One of our, the guys that was in our fraternity, um, we do a thing in our fraternity where we called it Schlammer Day. And it's where you try to turn two days, so Friday and Saturday, into three days worth of drinking. So you drink Friday night, you wake up the next morning, and you drink hard liquor only until you pass out or you run out of liquor, and then you party Saturday night as well. So those are the three days. One of the brothers decided to do that, and he then, after doing the morning session where he was drinking only hard liquor, tries to go play in a dodgeball tournament. So he he goes down to the recreation facility, and he goes up to the sign-in booth, and he's like, I want to play dodgeball. And they're like, well, do you have a team? And he's like, no, do I need one? And they're like, yes. And then they started to smell the alcohol on them. And they're like, <laughs> sir, you are way too drunk to play in this tournament. He goes, oh, yeah, if I was drunk, could I do this? He proceeds to get up on the table and tries to do a backflip off the table and just fails miserably. Well, he, he, he also ahead of that, he said, if I were drunk, could I do this? And then proceeds to do the, the backflip off the table. Did I forget that part of the story? Y- you did. Okay. Yeah. So, yes, what? if I were drunk, could I do this? Gets up on the table, tries to do a backflip, and then just eat shit. It's like, okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, you, you you wouldn't be able to do that if you were drunk. And that's proved our point. And so, it, thank you. And then he just walked away. <laughs> and, he just, <laughs> and he just left. The jig is up. <laughs> but but he was, so my, my point to that story is that he was older than us. So it's not just the freshmen who, who do stupid stuff, right? I mean, you can do stupid stuff whenever, especially when you turn 21. That's when you can also start doing a lot of stuff because you end up going to the bars, right? You're going out to the bars, you're, you're staying up late all, at night and drinking and doing whatever. So I, I think you can do stupid stuff when you're older too. So I would also like to add, and I'm going to speak for Jack here uh, really quickly, that Jack is a fantastic piano player. And the reason I know this is because there were several nights where Jack had had a number of uh, beverages and we would walk by his room and he would be jamming, absolutely jamming out on piano, playing some amazing songs. Jack, what's your dog's name? Sir Elton Dog. And that is, I'm uh, assuming, named after Sir Elton John. So, the, ah, okay, the story boy. name, story. Okay, so you know, like when we we got him from like a shelter, um, and it was it was a humane society, fostering humane society, and so like they bring him to your house uh, for a home visit, and so he's just zooming, having a good time. He's a great dog. Really dumb though, just ran through the screen door this earlier before this podcast, but. Uh, <laughs> So, like, I was like, oh, I wonder how he's going to react. Because, like, when I play piano, you know, I wonder what he's going to do. And so I play Tiny Dancer by Elton John. And this little pup stands up on his hind legs and is looking at me playing piano like, what is that? That's so cool. And then I'm like, we got to name him Elton. And he's never done it again. But (laughs) for (laughs) for that one time he did it, it was so goddamn magical. So, uh, yeah, this is the same dog that pissed on my leg the very first time I met him. He was a puppy. He no, was no. a puppy. Well, he did. I'd probably pee on you, too. Yeah. Okay, no. I'd pee on you, and I'm a grown-ass Ew. man. <laughs> That's gross, Nick. I'm sorry. I'm just saying what it, the, 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 the way that it is. That's gross. You're gross. Just marking my territory, you know. So, yes, Jack was known as uh, the piano man around the fraternity house because you knew and you knew when Jack was drunk because that's that's when the piano was the loudest. Um, It it was like he would play piano, but it was kind of low key. But man, whenever he got drunk, it got it got loud. (laughs) Not not bad, but loud. (laughs) It was amazing. Still, it was just loud, but it was perfect. So, Jack. Um, 
Well, I have two things that I want to talk about with you. And we're unfortunately starting to run out of time already. Man, this has gone by quick. Or not. It, well, we're good. We're good. I mean, it's just now the 40-minute mark. We, we're starting we're out of time. So I got, I got two things that I want to talk to you about. One, I want to talk about your summer plans for 2021 because rumor has it that you have kind of an idea that, that you've floated out to me, and I want to learn more about it. It's not just uh, my idea, actually. It, it, I think it actually is more of my wife's idea than mine. I, I don't want to take all the credit here. But what we want to do is host the Every Holiday We Missed party. And so what this party is going to con- uh, be composed of is celebrating, due to COVID, all the holidays that were kind of, eh. You know, thanks to COVID, you know, fucking up all of the, you know, the way we can socialize. And so, with that being said, what it would consist of is a bunch of Christmas decorations and Christmas movies playing in the background. Everyone dressing up like it's Halloween. A mini liquor bottle Easter egg hunt. And then a Thanksgiving dinner. And I think that just sounds like the best way to celebrate the end of this goddamn COVID. This sounds like the greatest thing I've ever heard. I'm really excited like, for it. You you guys like are to, formally invited for whenever we end up having this thing. I mean, I'm about to get vaxxed, you know, this upcoming week. So I'm about to be like, you know, spring chicken over here. So to, one, have it feel like Christmas. Two, get all the ladies dressed up like it's Halloween. Three, drink like it's Easter, which we talked about last week. <laughs> And then four, eat a Thanksgiving meal. Like, that's got to be possibly the best day I've ever heard of. Like, all we need is uh, some Thanksgiving football and some Fourth of July fireworks in there. I'm going to get some sparklers and throw firecrackers at bitches. Oh, my God. Oh, there's got to be Fourth. And then there's got to be a Fourth of July fireworks show. Yeah. That's that. That's how you end the night. A Fourth of July fireworks show. I will gladly bring the fireworks. All right, Jack. And the Budweiser. And the Budweiser. So Nick, this is what we're going to do. Budweiser brings their own for sponsoring us. Nick, this is what we're going to do. When we figure out this video thing, you and I are going to go and we're going to do our podcast from this party, or maybe pre-party, maybe post-party. I don't know, but we're going to have video of this party whenever it happens because you and I are both going to go. Is there is there a name for this party? Well, we got to come up with a catchier name, but the every holiday we miss party is the current name. But okay, because I'm, I'm I'm imagining you know we'll, we'll lock down the name, right? Eventually, we're gonna lock down the name if that's what we stick with. Great, you know whatever. But I'm just imagining it right now. We are live, live, the last call podcast from the every holiday we missed, uh, 2021 fuck COVID party. Yeah. Amazing, sponsored by <clears throat> insert sponsor here. Insert Cameron because he's literally the only Cameron, person that's paying Cameron us. Curry. Yes, so yeah. uh, uh, your five dollars is going to go a long way that day. So <laughs> yeah, so I like the idea. I want to be there. So you need to keep us posted on this. My summer plans. I want to travel, but there's just not a bunch of places like I really want to go back overseas, right? I haven't been back and I know not everybody gets to do this. And and if I can, I'd like to go back overseas. Um, What about underseas? Not not a big undersea. (laughs) Everything's better. Everybody everybody wants to travel overseas. No, I, I don't want to travel underseas. No, because if I travel under the sea, that means my plane probably crashed while going overseas. Okay. No. So I don't I don't want to explore. Earhart action there. Yeah. No. Uh, she allegedly. never landed. She never allegedly. landed. So uh, allegedly, she didn't make it to her destination. You don't know that. She Have just fake news. No, I haven't seen her. Anyways. So I, I'd like to travel more. Uh, there's just only there's so much you can do in in the U.S. I mean, I guess Florida and Texas are essentially open, um, but I don't know. I, I I would really like to travel. I'd like to go back to Vegas because when Nick, you and I went to Vegas last summer, 
it, it was, I mean, I had a ton of fun. It was just a little bit disappointing because literally oh, everything that we thought was open was not open. I can't believe that's already been like <clears throat> to the point where we're like, oh yeah, that was last summer. That was almost a year ago. That was almost a year ago. That's that's like crazy. give it another month and it will be exactly a year ago. Like as bored as bored as I've been during this pandemic, it has gone by pretty quickly. And oh yeah, you know I'm hoping well, it makes me think about like like how little I've done in a year. Yeah, no, I've done nothing. No, oh, I take that back. Oh, I God. Um, no, I've worked out. I've improved myself. I've gotten in better shape and done all that stuff that I've talked about. So I think I'm having my quarter life crisis right now. Yeah, I have that every day. Jack, what about you? What do you have any other plans other than this uh, everything you missed party? Well, going back to what you guys were saying there, like I think that's the scariest thing about COVID is more of like the opportunity cost of like thinking of like what life could have been like with like a normal functioning world as opposed to this kind of like, you know, dystopic, everyone staying at home kind of thing that we had to do to, you know, but fight a disease, you know, so. On the flip side of that, though, how many people better themselves, right? So, like, it, I probably would still be the same piece of garbage that I was, you know, pre-COVID. Like, COVID made me so bored that I actually started to get healthy and working out. Right. So like that's something that I did in order to kind of keep my sanity and better myself. So how many people actually bettered themselves during COVID as well? Now, there were a lot of things that I wanted to learn and do. Like I wanted to learn the guitar during COVID. Didn't do that. Right. But like I still did other things to better myself. So I don't know that it was a complete waste. But yes, I had a lot of plans for myself pre-COVID. Like I was going to do all these different things and then COVID hit and that kind of all went to the wayside. So I, I kind of agree with that. Yeah. Like I started out great when like I thought this was going to be like a month or two. Like I'm like, I'm going to learn how to play, you know, Claire de Lune. It's like a famous piano piece, like on piano. And I'm going to finish reading uh, Crime and Punishment. I'm like, I'm going to be classy in this bitch. It's going to be <laughs> awesome. And then I finished those things and then I've been kind of grasping at straws ever since. But, you know... I don't know it yeah like i get what you're saying like, like a lot of people have been able to benefit themselves i mean i mean i guess better than like the people who like died from this i mean god like that, right, well, that kind of sucked you know yeah, let's get but, let's get morbid jack <laughs> let's get dark yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah oh man i mean i'm sitting here complaining because i'm not the best me that i can be whereas you know fucking yeah dmx is dead god Oh yeah, no. R.I.P. DMX died uh, today. X gonna give it to you. X not gonna give it to you anymore because he did. But R.I.P. Pour one out to DMX. He is uh, no longer with us. But all right, Jack. I had one other thing because this is something you mentioned to me, and you had a hot take on it, and I have a hot take on it, and we're gonna have a battle of the hot takes. So, what do you think about high speed rail system? I am anti-high-speed rail system. Well, you were so wrong. Hottest of hot takes, yes. Well, see, I think, like, the main thing is I'm against, you know, federally sponsored high-speed rail system. Um, Because, like, if you look at what's, like, high-speed rail in California has been over, like, the past, like, 10 years, like, it was supposed to be, like, building a bullet train from San Francisco to L.A. It's going to take you there in, like, two hours. It's going to be awesome. To basically them like being so bad at building it and the construction being so political that like when Gavin Newsom was elected, they basically just were like, screw it. It's going from Bakersfield to like, I can't remember the name of the city. It's like up north in the valley, but it's basically just like a central valley high speed rail that doesn't actually go that fast because in order to build it, they kept on like putting in all these extra stops to be like, oh, you know, we're building it in this city. We're building it for this city. And so it's basically just a goddamn train. So it's not all that impressive. And then on top of that, with COVID compounding into it, like, the main need for high-speed rail is, like, for people, like, who are, you know, kind of, like, working, you know, in multiple kind of, like, cities. So it's like, oh, hey, my company is, like, headquartered in Chicago, but we do a lot of business in Detroit. You know, high-speed rail would actually be really beneficial for us. 
nowadays that meeting's just on Zoom, so you're kind of like, does it really matter? So, because like the initial like kind of market for high speed rail was kind of directed towards like people who are on like the, uh, you know, business side of things. Which on top of that seems kind of stupid. Like, why would we subsidize like people working for like corporate America just to like take a train from point A to point B? It's like, not it's not like. Well, you know, interject as you will, but like, you know, come oh, out oh, oh, I'm gonna interject because you're wrong. So it's not just for corporate America. So I agree. Whatever happened in California, that was like bullshit. That's like almost fraud. Whatever was going on out there. However, I truly believe that if if there was a high speed rail system in the United States, I would take that over the airlines all day, every day, like no questions asked. I hate the airlines. The airlines are the biggest scam on the on the face of this planet. Okay, if I had a high high speed rail system to go anywhere in the country within, I mean, even if it, if it was 15 hours, I would do that. When I was over in Europe and we were traveling and I was studying abroad, their rail system is so efficient and functional. It, it's, it's incredible. I mean, flights are pretty cheap over there, but the rail system is just so nice. You can get up, you can walk around, you get food, you can go get drinks, you can do whatever, you can socialize. You can. It, it's just so nice. The problem is the only thing you have in the United States is Amtrak. Our railway system is antiquated. The whole reason that Europe has this high-speed rail system is because after World War II, they had to rebuild. And when they rebuilt, they had to rebuild all the railway systems. They made it more efficient, all that kind of stuff, right? So the United States, thank God, we don't we haven't had any wars. We haven't had to rebuild. So our rail system is antiquated. If you got a high-speed rail system and, and almost modeled it kind of after the airlines where you have major hubs and then you have smaller trains go out from those major hubs to the smaller places, I think it would be phenomenal. And I would use that over the airlines. I'm tired of the airlines having me by the balls every time I travel. Do you know how many times I've flown through Chicago in the past three years? Do you know how many times I've been delayed? Every single time. Do you know how many times they've actually just flat out fucking canceled my flight just because? at least three of the nine times that I've had to go through Chicago in the past couple of years. It's insane. The airlines, they lose your baggage. They overcharge you. They give you a crappy ass seat. They don't serve peanuts anymore. I'm fed up with the airlines. And if we had a high speed rail system, more efficient, ran like clockwork. Oh, I think it would be the absolute best thing in the world. Who hurt you? The airlines, the airlines hurt me, Nick. Do you understand? I was trying to go home for like Memorial Day, okay? And I went to the airport. I went through security. I got screened. They patted me down. They took me into the back. A big man put his hands all over me, checked me, okay? Cavity search. (laughs) Then I went and stood at the gate for two and a half hours just to find out that my flight was canceled. Guess where I ended up that night? Back at home in my bed. I didn't get to travel over the holiday because I got canceled going through Chicago. I went to the airport to be felt up by a large man, and then I went home. <laughs> what? So, like... <laughs> I mean, it sounds kind of hot, actually, but, you know, I mean... No, but so, kind of, like, where I come at it is, like, you know... To say that we are building high-speed rail, this is like a massive, our government's like, oh, no, we got to build. This is the greatest thing ever. It's like, well, how far away are, like, self-driving cars going to be, you know? And so, like, if a self-driving car is only, like, 10. Well, yeah, I mean, there's, it's not like it's here right now. But say it's, like, 10 to 15 years away. You know, by the time that, like, a massive high-speed rail infrastructure is built, it's pretty reasonable to think that we would have, you know, pretty advanced self-driving cars. And would it be you know, more cost effective for you to rent a self-driving car, not even buy one for yourself, just like renting it possibly and taking that from Louisville to Nashville? Well, the fact that you, you know, still so believe like in cars kind of like here too. The fact that you still believe in cars means that you uh, don't believe in climate change because uh, trains are so much more efficient with transporting mass populations. Like I can't, I can't even have this conversation with you anymore. 
Yeah, it's pretty bigoted of me. I'm not going to lie, but you know that's who I am. I, you know, I basically have a Confederate flag tattooed on my forehead. You know, um, but like I think that that's kind of where I come down on it. Is that like, you know, I think that the time and the infrastructure that it would take to build it is less efficient than like just letting people do it on their own. Because if a high speed trail system is so like good you know, and so awesome and so, like, beneficial people, I feel like someone would just do it with their own money. Because, like, think about, like, how the normal railway system was built. It was built by a bunch of, like, crazy-ass, like, tycoons in the 1800s. You know, that's how the original wa- railway system was built. It, and so, like, with these people, basically, with, like, you know, these, what we would consider antiquated technologies, building railway systems because it's so important to their infrastructure... And it's just so useful that they were willing to, you know, build private industry around it. Seems to me like that seems like, oh, okay, if high speed rail was that, we would actually be building it rather than just kind of waiting for like a government based like handout for it. Because like, I feel like government based projects are more for like, oh, it's so, you know, out there that like it's going to be like, you know, beneficial for everyone, like, you know, sending someone to Mars and stuff like that, you know. Well, but the, the, the biggest issue with doing it privately is the money. It, it would be a trillion, multi-trillion dollar project in order to retrofit all of the United States. Trail. Trust me, I've looked into it. I like if you want to call this Warner, I know you think I have conspiracy theories and stuff. I've actually looked into how we could actually retrofit the existing railway system in the United States because I fucking hate flying. I, I don't hate like actually flying, like flying is okay. I hate the airlines so much that I've actually looked into how we could do the railway system effectively enough to get rid of the airlines. Nick, we're over time. I don't want to rant about this anymore. Jack, thank you for your hot take. You're wrong, but we're going to move on. Nick. Let's call. This is the last call for alcohol this evening. Drink up, drink up, drink up. And order again. That's right, everybody. It is the last call on the last call podcast where every week we do something a little bit different. And if you are a loyal fan of the show and you've been listening for the past few weeks, you know kind of what we do every time we have a guest on. Jack, do you know what we're going to do tonight? Is it random questions for Jack? Bingo. It is random questions for Jack. I usually black out by the time this comes around on the podcast. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) While while he's driving to work. (laughs) Why is Jack passed out in the the parking lot again? (laughs) He has one of those self-driving cars he was talking about. He has one of those self-driving cars he was talking about. I take the high-speed rail into work every day, Aaron. (laughs) See? Plagiarism. So, Jack, are you ready for random questions for Jack? Okay. All right, uh, Nick. Uh, you know what? I'm just gonna let you 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 have some fun here. You're just gonna you, let me you guys do it. Are, yeah, you guys have a nice thing going here. Okay, here we go. In between your your high high speed rail conspiracies, so I want to see you guys debate these two things. Okay. Well, all right. Let's play random questions for Jack. First one: Should furries be allowed to mark their territory in public? I think I think people's reactions on video is my favorite thing to watch. Yeah, we need to we really need to figure that out. But anyway, should furries be allowed to mark their territory in public? Uh, you know? <laughs> yeah, I can't honestly think of a ridiculous thing to say to counteract that. So, why not? That just sounds like the greatest thing I've ever You know, I don't think God intended for humanity day humanity to ever utter that sentence and yet here we are well we're about to utter some other ones that i'm sure god didn't intend but here we are all right so uh next one do you believe that vampires are actually in an abusive relationship with their victims what i need to look this up but like i remember hearing one time that like among the most popular porn categories that women search like it's like fucking ridiculous in terms of like i think it was like through Pornhub that like the article is based on <laughs> and it was like the top like three categories were like you know 
a pirate vampire and werewolf. Um, like, and so I don't necessarily know if like the idea of vampires, because I feel like in modern days, especially with twilight and all that shit, like they're trying to make it seem like, Ooh, it's consensual and stuff. So like, I feel like that's kind of like a thing, but like, if it was a real ass, like vampire, I feel like, nah, I feel like they're just trying to kill people and like consume powers. So the answer is yes. And here's why it's because the vampire does not kill their victim. They leave just enough life in them for them to recover so that the vampire, vamp, vampire, vampire can feast on them again. So, yes, I would say they are 100% in an abusive relationship with their victims. Next question. Uh, if you could, would you be willing to sit inside a kangaroo's pouch? How big is the kangaroo? <laughs> big enough for you to sit in its pouch. Like, if it's a giant-ass kangaroo, <laughs> and I'm just hopping deer. around in its pouch, just going, you know, like, hip, hip, oi, mate, croc- crocodile Australia, <laughs> like, I'd be all about it. But if it's a normal-sized kangaroo, and I'm forcing that beautiful, magnificent beast <laughs> to drag me on the ground with its two hind legs, no thank you, sir. Yeah, no, those pouches are disgusting. Have you ever seen a video of what an inside of kangaroo's pouch? Yeah, no, it's disgusting. Let, let me live my dreams. They don't clean in there. Yeah, no. Okay, well, if you want to do that, you go ahead. Um, Jack, uh, I'm looking to your PhD expert on this next question. Why is the sky blue? Because uh, of the Rayleigh scattering that occurs. So basically, blue is the most like high frequency of like kind of like the natural visible spectrum of light. And so when it hits the different molecules in the sky, since it's the highest frequency, it causes basically with all, all the air molecules, to allow for the type of like radiation where instead of going straight at you, it kind of spears out. And since it's spearing out, when you look up at it, everything is spearing out. And so, hey, all the blue is spearing out. Oh, I guess that means the sky is blue. And there we go. We got blue skies. You're wrong. It's because we live under a dome and the earth is flat. If an okay. airplane takes off over the Atlantic but never reaches its final destination, was Amelia Earhart the pilot? Uh, yes, or it was, uh, part of the famous, I think it was on Fox series Lost. Um, they were dead the entire time. Oh, ah, well, spoiler yes. alert. Thank you for that. Yes, yes. Um, it came out 15 years ago. If you haven't seen it by now, do you live under a rock? God damn you. <laughs> <laughs> Jack, a fan favorite question is, uh, what is your social security number? I love it. Love All right, it. everybody, write that down. Uh, how many nipples do you have? Uh, on me? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> As opposed to your your secondary, the ones that you keep in a safe somewhere. Yeah, no, the ones I collect. Uh, no, I think just the two. <laughs> what the just, just the two, it I sounds think. like something a serial killer would say. Someone who uh, thinks vampire relationships are consensual. Uh, Jack, toes or fingers? I don't know what that means. <laughs> like, like, is, is there some sort of sexual undertone here? Because, like, I play piano with my <laughs> no. fingers, not my toes. Toes or fingers? So I'm pretty pro finger, I guess. Okay, fingers. I agree. I'd go fingers. Uh, Who's pro toe? What would your drag queen name be? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, <laughs> Tammy Lynn Thunder. Damn. Ooh. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. I, I don't like the thunder. I don't know why that bothers me. <laughs> it adds like a stripper kind of connotation. I guess I don't know. Well, it definitely lets people know you're actually a man. Um, what Lightning? is your? Is that more feminine than thunder? No. Throwing it out there. What is your favorite smell? All right, so this is fucking weird, but like, you know, like when you open a freezer and then like kind of smell of like the ice tray. So I don't know if that's like whatever that smell <laughs> it is, but the smell of a freezer when you just open it and it's just kind of like. <laughs> Freshness and frozenness. 
Sadly, I know exactly what you're talking about. Would have never. You're goddamn right, you do. <laughs> All Nick, right. do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know. I know exactly what you're talking about. All right. I wouldn't say it's my favorite, but I know what you're talking about. It needs to be talked about more. No one talks about it enough. We all love it. All right, Jack, I got one more question for you. Can you name all five actions on a Bop It Extreme? Spin it, twist it, bop it, flick it? <laughs> I don't know. Suck it, Aaron. It is. It is. It is the 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 flashlight extreme. It is the flick it, spin it, pull it, twist it, bop it. I feel like I forgot bop it. You know, you You didn't get bop it, but you added fuck it (laughs) and and suck it, Aaron. Well, Jack, thank you again for being on with us tonight. We really appreciate it. We had a lot of fun. And thank you all for joining us on this Friday uh, for the Last Call podcast. I'm Aaron Thompson along with Nick Warner. And have a great fucking Friday.